Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I'm Harry Clark, age seven. I've just started listening to the archers. Dumpty 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 dum dumpty dumpty dum dum dumpty 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 dum dumly dumly dum dumpty dumly dumpty dumly dumpty dumly dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty dumly dum This episode of Dumpty Dum is sponsored by Borsetshire Technical College Environmental Health Department. If you're interested in a career in catering, come and learn about dairy hygiene and cheese making and washing your hands. Carefully. Oh. My goodness, you're my first ever Skype. <laughs> How exciting. How's that, Lucy? Is that better? It is, yes. It's a bit clearer, yes. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've switched up the volume. If it's um, any consolation, we interviewed um, Tim Benting and he was all over the shop. <laughs> He's wonderful at these sort of things. He's a, a tech wizard, or he certainly was. I mean, I, I feel terribly out of touch. I mean, I, it's it's a bit emotional about you know the archers because it took some time to get used to not being anything to do with them all. And um, well, yeah. Uh, but but I mean, I I know the uh, I mean, yeah, I know the impact of Nigel Pardew. I'm well aware of that. But this isn't our first Skype. This is our 76th Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality stocky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of Midlands. I'm the prize-winning marrow that is Roy Field Brown, and with me I have the well-rotted manure that is... Lucy Freeman. And with us today we have the laird of Lower Loxley, Nigel Pargeter, a.k.a. Graham Seed. Ooh. And the last part of our Flower and Produce show is you, folks. Now, today's Dumpty Dum is from Harry Clark. And we especially liked his dumb a leader. <laughs> Wasn't that kind of the slight? Didn't that just warm your cockles of your heart? It was gorgeous, but I've been singing dumb a leader. <laughs> <laughs> he just threw himself into it with such gusto. It was fabulous. Now, I reckon we should start a little chapter of uh, under 12 dumpty dummers. What yes. should you call it, Lucy? Um, Sorry to put you on the spot. Dumpty dinfants. Dumpty dinfants? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Harry Clark is our first Dumpty Dimpfant. Did I say that right? Yes. 
Oh, cool. Right. Smashing. And um, <laughs> if you want to join the Dumbly Doom Bearing Prince... Bearing in mind I've just made the word up, I don't think there is a right way to pronounce it at all. <laughs> if you want to join, uh, whack us uh, an email type uh, communication and we'll put you on the roster. So Dumbly Doom number one, Harry Clark, we salute you. You're, you're awesome. Now, Lucy, mm-hmm. can you remind our listeners how they win the accolade of Dumbly Dumber of the Week? They're slowly starting to back up again now. Good. We've got there's a there's an awesome one coming for next week. Fabulous. Mm. Um, if you'd like uh, to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or twist your marrow. Ring us on o two o three o three one three one o five or leave us a message on twist speak your marrow. Button. Yes, that reminded me of the Happy Monday twist, twist your, your lemons. Man. Yeah, baby. melon man. Oh, that was it, melon man. Okay. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices. Hallelujah. <laughs> Uh, Cosmo have you been watching his... This Is 1990? No, I haven't. Me either. It was bad enough I the want first to, time though. round. There's no way I want to experience it again. Um, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek for loaning the back bedroom. Derek has been baking for the flour and produce. He went for the category My Favourite Bedtime Treat and he entered a custard tart, but that got him disqualified, sadly. Sorry, I was drinking my coffee. I need his back <laughs> out to the computer. <laughs> Lucy? Yes. What happened in 1990? I don't know. What do you mean? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, no, it was just university and all that malarkey, and it wasn't very good. Oh, I loved that period of my life. Did you? Even though I got kicked out of college, yeah. Well, I suppose that technically was 1991. But, you know, great. I had too much fun. But anyway, people don't want to hear about me blathering on uh, about my life. Because on this week's episode, we have questions... For Graham from Glenn Fuller Love, Chris Lois, Mary Not Contrary, Auntie G, Mid Miss City, Ro Roses, Liz Pershaw, Sean Harris, and Miss Alliance, amongst others. But first, before we get to the Graham Seed interview, it's Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. We started the week in bed with Peggy Woolley and her cat. Well, the Prime Minister's at it, so why not Peggy? Bill the cat joined in the general Mm. efforts to sabotage Auntie Cardboard's ginger flipping biscuits, which had the taste and consistency of diaphragms, according to the judges, but they put it more pleasantly. (laughs) Yes, it was the flower and produce show. You see, the world may be going to hell in a handcart, but God's in his heaven and all's right with the world, as long as we still have the flower and produce show. What kind of a person works in a dairy making cheese and has hummus and carrot in her sandwiches? Helen Titchener, that's who. <laughs> Titchy Knob is creeping on about the adoption and has suggested a weekly evening of Rohypnol and sexual assault for Helen, which she described rather hesitantly as a lovely idea. He also reminded her with his merry little chuckle about the livestock pen that he never mentioned and she never agreed to. The more Rob uses the word darling, the worse the idea is he's proposing. Have a bloody Mm. ginger nut, Rob, and I hope you choke. Susan apologised to Peggy Bullion in a rather backhanded gesture of kindness, saddled her with yet more ginger biscuits, or me gingers, as she rather distastefully called them. No wonder they had a funny texture. Me mother's Mm. house is going on the market, and Ruth has chucked all her belongings out and taken them to the charity shop. Are you not supposed to do that after the house is sold? Is poor Heather Pet not allowed to bring anything with her to Brooker's? Or is her room full of pictures of Hootie Jill start staring reproachfully at her from every wall? Hootie Jill is still kicking up a fuss about moving into her daughter's stately home. Elizabeth sweetened the pill by helpfully pointing out that she could pick up a cup of coffee and walk about with it if she liked. Woo! <laughs> There's fancy. 
Toby, with the supreme arrogance of, well, Toby, really, has decided that the weevil, that weevils was never good enough for fair brethren geese anyway, and he is not bothered at all at the prospect of 492 three-foot-tall obese geese roaming hollow tree, overturning the caravan and drinking special brew. Rex talked about Toby lying on his bed listening to Britney Spears. Really? Maybe this hooray Henry Stallion business is a cover and he's much more up Charlie Thomas's culvert. Toby started talking entirely in three words cliches now. Wait and see, watch and learn, business is business, piss right off. <laughs> to commemorate Grace Archer falling off a roof onto a burning horse, Virginia McKenna in her safari suit as Hester came to visit Carol Toboggan. She was slightly muddled. Peggy said Hester was in the first stages of some kind of memory loss. First stages? She was mad as a badger. But then who can blame the poor woman coming to Ambridge? For such a small place, she said, there is an awful lot of names and faces and they all sound the same. It would make anyone question their sanity, Hester love. They all went for a pissed up lunch at Grey Gables. Virginia Muck Hester tied her lion to the chair leg and they all started reminiscing about killing people's husbands, Inspector Morse and Michaelmas Geese. I felt a bit like poor Hester by the end of it as I wasn't entirely sure what was going on, but it was all quite jolly. Jenny Darling popped her flapping beige mac on and went marching off to investigate the sinister murder of the man with the terminal disease. She is desperately <laughs> seeking a pink panther to her clouseau. She tried Lillian who was recovering from eating probiotic mashed lentils for a week and who therefore was not in the most open of moods to listen to the crackpot paranoid fantasies of a woman who's got nothing better to do and wisely told her she was barking mad. She then had a crack at Peggy, who'd stupidly told her that Virginia McHester had said Carol had bumped off John and got a ginger biscuit up the nose for her trouble. <laughs> and finally, with its customary entirely misguided but pleasingly gung-ho spirit, the village has decided to rebuild the hall itself bung a few of Auntie Cardboard's bickies in the foundations and it'll be good for another hundred years. <laughs> this was suggested by Eddie, who did a brief segue into reminiscing about Challenge Annika, which would have completely baffled a huge section of the international audience, I'd imagine. Eddie got a rousing cheer. Well, we've had some good times in that village all, said Eddie. Shula agreed. Well, she's had some good times up against the bins behind it anyway. So... What did we learn this week? Always twist your marrow and always carry a signed photo of Annika Rice about with you as you never know when it might come in handy. The end. Ah, I enjoyed it this week. Well done, Lucy. <laughs> Thank you, Royfield. <laughs> ah. <sighs> I like all those little ginger biscuit little lines that you did. It was sponsored by Ginger Biscuit Limited of the UK this week, wasn't it? It was a bit crackers. A crackers biscuits? They wafers. <laughs> I just love the more the more Susan said me gingers. It just kept making me laugh. <laughs> me gingers. I love a ginger me. <laughs> you can have too much of them though. Can you? Yeah, you can. You can. You're not actually going to go out and buy a pack. I haven't <laughs> bought a pack of ginger nuts in a long time. But no, no, I do like them. Do like them. as a kid, I never. <coughs> but. Mm. My name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my House, life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, and alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. At long last, 
a thousand and one conversations is available to download from iTunes and all good podcatchers. This was a place where women worked to help other women. As an adult, you kind of appreciate them, don't you? Mm. Mm. Right. Now, um, this is where the podcast becomes uh, a bit of like Blythe Spirit. Do you want to know why? Why? Because we're... Oh, too, because like, we're, we're, we're... It's Lazarus, isn't it? We are revitalising the dead. You're mixing your metaphors here. I know. Here. I'm sorry. Right. But yeah. Okay. So we are going to be clairvoyant or like Jesus uh, resurrecting the dead because we have the wonderful, lovely Graham Seed. A voice from Ambridge's past. I just wanted to, to, to say, really, that growing up, for me growing up and listening, Nigel was one of the... Um, I sort of thought having a boyfriend would be like having a Nigel. Oh, you, you are know, sweet. Somebody I'm who sweet. goes leaping in and out of other people's beds in a well, gorilla well, suit. Well, and... well, he did all that, but, you know, there were so many mothers and girls who said... Um, uh, but also because said, oh, my mother wants me to find a boyfriend like you, like Nigel. Yeah. And um, what you said is, um, it makes me feel a little phony because, I mean, I'm obviously not as nice as Nigel, but Nigel was an all-time good guy. And it's quite hard to make a good guy popular because it's it's much better having a boo hiss. But, I mean, yeah, he had an extraordinary effect on older women mm. who used to talk to their daughters. Yeah. <laughs> but But I'm glad that you quite fancied him. I mean... <laughs> I remember when I joined the programme and he was huge when William Smethurst, I owe everything to William Smethurst, by the way, and nothing to Vanessa Whitburn, except she did bring me back. <laughs> but but um, William Smethurst created a character that, that was, at the time, in Thatcher, Britain, that here was a Tory who was a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was quite an achievement. Well, he was a Bertie Wooster, wasn't he? Exactly. He was slightly out of time. He, he represented a sort of an Edwardian England. He had a sort of a sense of noblesse oblige. And he sort of galloped around the countryside, you know, just yes. spreading uh, uh, spreading bonhomie because really he had nothing to lose, you know. Was... Yes, he said he wasn't awfully good at work. He was always getting into trouble. Like, you know, do you remember Mr. Snowy? Yes, I do. Yeah, and um, an ice cream salesman. I loved it because he used to call Mr. and Mrs. Archer. Oh, hello, Mr. Archer. Um, yeah. Can I just come in for a cup of tea? And they all loathed him. Thought, oh god. And then, I mean, the poor parents. He got off with both the daughters. <laughs> and very nearly Phil one day. <laughs> oh yes, he got into Hilton. That was a wonderful scene to record. Um, and and uh, actually, you're making me think. Time flies back. He was such fun because I knew nothing about the Archers. I'd been doing a Bernard Shaw play at the at the Birmingham Rep. And uh, you have to be at the right place at the right time. And, mm. and I so threw myself into it. And, and I mean, my wife thinks I am Nigel still, really. It was, <laughs> it, it was very difficult when he was killed off because, um, I mean, people call me Nigel. Yeah, it, it was interesting as well. At the moment, a lot of our listeners complain about when you, I don't know, I'm sure you, well, I'm not sure that you, you, you listen at all. I don't much, no. At the moment, we have five new, five, four or five new male, young male characters and they have to spend the whole time saying each other's names because otherwise no one has a flipping clue who they are because their I mean, voices are so similar. Yeah, I mean, the wonderful thing about soap is, uh, the radio, is that 
in the old days, and I'm not going it was better then, because I think the scriptwriters do a wonderful job, and it's so hard. Uh, but um, everyone knew what Jill and, um, and Nelson sounded like, mm. I sounded like, and Tim sounded like. The, the, the voices were very distinctive, but, but who does Michael Cochran pay? He Ooh. sounds a bit like someone else sometimes. Oh, um, Oliver Sterling. Yes, yes, yes. He sounds a bit like um, Charles Collingwood at times. Yes, yeah. And um, well, what was so unique about Nigel that he was the only shire aristocrat that the programme has? Mm. I had a lunch with Sean O'Connor, um, yeah, when he took over. And uh, he said that there is a huge void. And uh, he would never have got rid of Nigel because you, there are rich people, and like the Aldridges and yeah. other people, but they're new money. Yes, absolutely. And Nigel didn't have any money, but he had this pad called Lower Loxley. <laughs> and I don't know how Lizzie can still live there. I and mean, every time she opens the front door, she must note the spot yes. for her dead husband. <laughs> don't sweep up there, Tidcombe. The yes, sun. quite, quite. <laughs> But no, I mean, I'm going to stay light with this interview, but, 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 but uh, you know, I mean... Um, you must have I, just have incredibly I, mixed feelings. Because... I miss it enormously. I mean, the worst thing is that I can quite understand um, no actor has a job for life. Mm. Uh, incident, I was told that I had. I thought that, that, I mean, that they said I would never get rid of Nigel, you know. Oh. Why do you get rid of Nigel? Well, it, it was very cynical, um, the 60th anniversary. It was like Grace, which is, of course, we're all reading about um, Grace yeah. at the well, I assure you, I didn't ask for any more money. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I was, I'm an incredibly professional actor. Do you realise in 28 years, I never was even a minute late for a recording or a call, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm always half an hour early everywhere. And that kept going, you know. And um, it was a huge shock. But all you've got to do is pick yourself up. And um, um, I took it on the chin. Mm. Oh, oh. But yes. anyway, I mean, you know, I mean, we carry on. <laughs> I'm convinced in the back of my mind that, I mean, Nigel is still there and um, he can come back in another guise. The Tim Bentink suggested I should go on Twitter when I fell off the roof. Yeah. And within 24 hours, I had 15, the, ooh, at least 1,500 followers. Yeah. And now I've got, I've got many, I don't know, it's about, it's more than that now, you know. Did they pick up on this advert about, you know, me uh, um, um, coming on? You know, was yes, good... yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, that says it really, doesn't it? Yeah, and, absolutely. And I had over, I had, yeah, I had 1,200,000 emails from people as various from Stephen Fry to the Bishop of London, uh, um, you know, wishing me well. The saddest thing was the, the sweet handwritten cards from lots of old ladies who were so angry. And I, yeah. and I Every every handwritten thing. I I think the BBC should have paid for the stamps, but they didn't offer. <laughs> you know what the BBC is like. <laughs> I'm just very happy for the memories. Really, he was a very rounded character, and I did throw an awful lot of my own personality. And I mean, I in the old days, I used to throw in ideas and um, and say, "Oh, Nigel will do this. Nigel will do mm. that." You know, Graham. I think why people loved Nigel so much and mourn his passing still is that he was a distinctive character with a distinctive voice. How much of you is in Nigel, or are you completely different people and you were just playing a role? Could, for example, you play Jazza McCreary, a working man of the people? You're joking. I've got... <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of me in Nigel. 
I got sent away at amateur boarding school age seven. Pretty unhappy child, never quite fitted in. Yeah, there's a lot. I threw a lot oh. of my own personality in. And um, no, of course I couldn't play. <laughs> <laughs> a working class hero. <laughs> no, no, I play. I play lots of people in the theatre who were who were called Ernest or Gerald or Nigel. Uh, <laughs> very 1930s or First World War. And you've um, never you've never done a Craig then or a Dean. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> no, but um, thank you, Paul. I think you probably I think Paul probably knew the answer to that. I think he did. Yes, I have a range, but um, <laughs> it ain't that. <laughs> Two of our listeners, Mel Parker and Carl Jonas Jonasson, said. Johansson, sorry, said, um, can to, to make sure that you are you, could you please scream for us, as you did, going off the top of Lower Locksley? Right. Are you ready for that? Yes, 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 we're all braced. Hang on, I think I can just reach it. David? I'm all right. Ah! Oh, my God! <laughs> that was spectacular. Gosh, that takes back memories. Golly. It's a bit like the, um, there was a wonderful sketch with um, Hancock and it's called the Bowmans and they killed him off. Yes. And he refused to die. <laughs> and there was a moment that I wanted to say in, in the recording, I think I'm all right, David, I'm on a tree. <laughs> no, you're not, Nigel. Stamp. <laughs> all right, I've got to go stamp. Yes. And Nigel, I should, you're really not. <laughs> stamped on my, on my fingers so I had to let go. <laughs> <laughs> hello Dumpty Dum and hello lovely Nigel can you hear that echo? it's because my new kitchen is far grander than Jenny Darling's I'd like you to know that I loved you so kind and gentle and sweet if a little off with the fairies at times and I was appalled when you were so brutally murdered by your brother-in-law let's call it what it is shall we? I'd like to know whether you have any plans to come and haunt your wife and warn her away from any future bounders named according to Cockney Riling slang. Or perhaps you're still in the shower. I do hope so. Well, you know, I'm absolutely convinced that Nigel does um, haunt her. His spirit is Lower Loxley. Mm. And he's there on every corner. A listener sent me a play about the ghost of Nigel. And Nigel will never allow... Lizzie to meet another man, not okay. at Lower Loxley. I'm absolutely certain about that. What did you think about the um, the Roy affair? Uh, well, I knew it wouldn't last. Mm. Um, I was a bit. I, oh, Lizzie, what are you doing with trade? For heaven's sake, you <laughs> can't speak for the people we pay. <laughs> I think Nigel he certainly turned in the grave a bit there. I think we all did. Even those <laughs> yes, of us right. that were still alive you know, were spinning yes, like tops. But there was to be another. I, she had. A dalliance with a teacher, um, you know, one of Freddie's teachers. Iftikhar. And, yeah, and and Nigel really worries about the children, actually. Mm. I, as an actor, I was mortified. I'd only just met them. And I, <laughs> I, and I, and I wasn't allowed to say goodbye to them. Oh, they, really? You know, and it was terribly cruel because um, I only had a month of, of them being cast. And um, I wasn't allowed to say, look, I'm being killed off. So I never said goodbye, but we wrote letters. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've had so many people saying, I can't read out everybody that said, I can't believe we lost Nigel. He's so missed and blah, blah, blah. But you'll, you're, in, in a very bless nice way, you're going to have to take that as read because yes, so many people absolutely, have Well, said absolutely it. bless them. I mean, nor can I sometimes, you know, because, I mean, they still talk about Nigel. And, and I, I don't have to really say anything because 
because all the listeners say that it was it was a terrible thing to do really don't they <laughs> yes yeah they really and do. it 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 didn't really work really um they all say un- unkindly all you listeners say it should have been helen <laughs> but I, <laughs> I didn't want to take i didn't want to put her out <laughs> no, no 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 we have a long list of people that we would ideally love to right. shove off the roof oh. Um, but I don't want to go there. But uh, yes, I mean, you know, um, and so many people say, why didn't Nigel survive the fall and be in a wheelchair? Mm. It's no good discussing this. We have to speak to Sean and just, and just pers- you know, and persuade him to bring back Nigel's long lost brother. Yes. Identical twin who he never Ident- mentioned. Which we never knew about. No. And spread the word. That's your job. Okay. okay. Sean Harris said that He's a very recent uh, listener to The Archers and you, you died before he started listening. He oh, said, yes. Tell, tell me everything I need to know about Nigel in three sentences. He's the only real aristocrat in Ambridge. Yep. He's not the brightest of chaps, but <laughs> a well-meaning man, fun and courteous, who absolutely adored his wife, Lizzie. And I hope no one ever calls her Lizzie because no one should call her Lizzie except for Nigel. No. One of the lovely things about Nigel was that when you meet men who say, oh, I adore all women, it generally means I am a groping git. But (laughs) Nigel genuinely did seem to, he loved the company of women. He was equally happy talking to Jill as he was talking to Lizzie. That's very very perceptive. You know the programme. I remember, I mean, even the scene on the roof before Nigel um, died, he was talking about, Women have always been important in my life. I adored my mother, I adored Mrs. Archer and, and you, Lizzie. And um, yeah, he was as courteous to Clary Grundy as Lizzie, really, in yes. a way. Yes, yeah. And I mean, his final triumph from the panto. Yeah. When he was he was dressed in drag, you know? Yeah. Um, as one of the ugly sisters. It's unusual. I mean, he, he was a good sort. And, and over his last few years, I think he was put on a back burner because Vanessa obviously had other storylines, but he, he had less and less to do, which was a bit frustrating, really. It was very nice when Kenton came back to see their sort of connection and him them sort of mischievously egging each other on to do more and more like the party on the island and all that sort of thing. Oh, yes, that's right. And uh, yeah, Richard Attlee is a, a great chum of mine and, and I used to love his scenes because in a way Richard took over from and Nigel had a feed with um, Jack May, and and when Jack died, there was something lost there. Yeah, but there's there's wonderful um, episodes in the eighties in which Nigel was bored and he used to pour his heart out in Nelson's wine bar. Yes, and they used to talk about life in yeah. a very old-fashioned way. And Nelson was the father that Nigel never had. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, one reads a lot into soap, but 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 I did then because um. The programme changed. I mean, of course, the programme changes every time there's a new editor. But the legacy of William Smethurst was he made it. Um, you believed you were somewhere in in Borsetshire, very strongly. And, and um, of course, it was a different society then. And uh, and there weren't mobile phones for a start, <laughs> which might be very difficult, mustn't it? You know, I'm just popping in for a cup of tea, people used to say. <laughs> They still do. It is oh, one they? of the things that we that we that we notice that everybody drives everywhere to see people rather than just ringing them up, which would yeah. be you know. Yeah, I mean, I was partly responsible for um, casting Mary Wimbush because I'd done a radio oh. uh, with Vanessa actually, and um, we, but there were but there were rumours that I was I was going to have a mother cast, and uh, I said, why didn't we ask Mary because she's such a great actress and. 
I love her, you know. Yeah. I had a wonderful relationship with Mary. Well, everybody probably did, but um, ours was a, a very close bond, you know. I could not imagine anybody better playing Nigel's mother. Well, she was such a good actress. She made herself sound as if you know, she liked a gin and a cigarette. Yeah. And again, I mean, she was that generation of radio actresses who, who really understood radio drama. And the relationship between her and Lewis and, and Nigel sort of trying to keep out of the way of them sort of... Oh, Lewis. Is he still around, Lewis? Well, we're not quite sure. He's another one. We've decided that Ambridge now has more disappeared than Chile under Pinochet. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, you know, poor old Lewis. I mean, he, it was always a great joy, but we only saw him once or twice a year. I oh, know. He's like the gardener that never was. <laughs> 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 yeah. Any more questions from... Yes. Does the gorilla suit still fit? Rosie's wants to know. But if I'm honest, I'll say I'm I'm now a 36 waist. And when I <laughs> came back from the um, Tory, the Conservative ball, and I wore it, that was my entrance in the programme. I was probably a 32 waist. If, if Nigel has morphed into Graham or Graham has morphed into Nigel. That was when you were carousing with Tim Beecham, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I used to get very drunk with Tim Beecham. Did um, Tim so, Beecham ever... I don't remember ever hearing him. Was he a silent? Yes, he was a silent. I think he was cast once. OK. But um, he, he was a great silent character. I was <laughs> always late. He led me astray. I finished up in prison. <laughs> you were like Bertie Wooster, but without Jeeves rescuing oh, you. You were right. just that's... left floundering by yourself, weren't you, really? There was a wonderful moment. It was passed all across the country. Nigel Pargeter is innocent. OK. <laughs> free, the, <laughs> free the lower Loxley one. Miss Mid-City said, does the fact that it was such a memorable death, um, it was our our grace moment, does that make up in any way for the fact that Nigel is no more? Oh, yes. If you if, if you have to go out, I think um, go out with a bang. Right. Or a and, splat, in your case. Or, or a splat. And, <laughs> um, well, the publicity was welcome. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I think the worst thing is to just you know, disappear or not get booked. And then, well, I mean, like, um, you know, the character we talked about, like, and and just slowly vanish. Yeah. Because an actor thinks, as you know, I mean, all actors in the Archers, all they really care about is, have I got any bookings? Mm. Because it's, it's, the, it's the world of the freelance actor. At the end of every month, well, you're waiting to hear if you're... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
if you've got any bookings. Mm. And uh, it's it's always the famine or plague. Mm. And as a freelance actor, you're um, thinking um, it's always when it's quiet in the world of theatre and television. You think, oh, I hope the archers have some bookings for me next month. And it's sod's law that they haven't. Mm. I was terribly sad that I, at the time that I left after recording the final episode and giving back my um, car park pass and my pass. Oh. It's the most horrible feeling because um, as I was then um, but to watch the verdict of my own death, you know, <laughs> which was a very, very weird feeling. It was like reading your own auto. It was like reading your own obituaries. Yeah. But but to answer the question, at least I went out with a a lot of publicity and uh, and the business was very good to me. And I immediately was offered some very nice um, theatre work. But um that that was four years ago. Well, no, it was about five years ago. Mm. No, 2010 or 11, wasn't it? I can't remember that. I got. I'm hopeless on dates. But all I all I knew was that it was so quick, and I couldn't really say goodbye to anyone, which was really unfortunate. You know, it it was not my decision. If an actor makes a decision, that's sad, and 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 that has happened, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because we've lost we've lost Clary, and and we've lost Tony. Yeah, and Kim, who plays Matt Crawford. Oh, has he gone too? Yes. Um, and that is their decisions. But I mean, um, but to gain maximum publicity for the programme, I don't blame them for that. That, that they had to kill off a, um, someone who would who would really stir up a lot of um, press coverage, which it did. Mm. So it worked, didn't it? But, um... So you were the, the sacrificial lamb sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. I think so, yes. <laughs> oh, it's a combination of all of those. Um, it's It's part of the team and... It's an extraordinary program, The Archers, because it goes on on forever. See, you're young with people. I mean, I miss Trevor so much. Um, yeah. uh, Trevor Harrison, I miss Terry. Um, uh, but because we grew up together, we got married together, you know, mm. we go through life and death and then divorce. And practically, I mean, I thought that would be my pension. Yeah. I miss the money. Yes. Well, just just the consistency, the regularity of work, I suppose. Absolutely. And I could always work. I mean, thank goodness I've, I've always worked in the theatre. Yeah. I've always done at least a show a year. Um, I trained at RADA and, and I never 100% committed myself to the archers. But, but you don't have to. I mean, you, you can't. Everyone has to do other things. And and I have always loved um, the theatre and, and cameras and things. But I miss radio enormously. Um, and I mean, funny enough, I, I mean, the BBC haven't, I haven't been offered any other radio, except I, I do what the papers say on Sunday night. Hello, it's Glyn here, um, and I've got a question for Graham Seed. Uh, Graham, is Anne Churchman, after Grace Archer died, returned as an actor to the Archers some years later, but in um, a completely different role and playing completely different characters? If you were offered the same chance, would you take it? And what sort of character would you like to play? Well, I'd be very thrilled. I mean, um, I mean, because I, I like to think I'm quite a good actor, I can be a different personality. Um, you could come back and marry Lizzie again. Well, I know, we've, we've, we've discussed that. I mean, there's always <laughs> Nigel's brother, isn't there? <laughs> the long-lost brother, or we could stretch as far as a cousin, you know? Yeah. I mean, Graham sounds like Graham, but as you say, we need distinctive voices in the programme. Absolutely. And um, and they would have forgotten how Nigel sounds. 
I would never say no to anything. Uh, of course, I miss it. And of course, I was very lucky to be in it in the first place. But um, you can always come back. Chris, but talking about the, the children, the twins, Chris Lois wants to know, do, do you think you'd have been a good parent? Because Freddie in particular has had some very difficult teenage. Well, Chris, yes, I think he would have been a really great. I think so. And I think there were um, some wonderful scenes of him giving a very practical advice in a slightly comic way, mm. a gentle way. As we described, Nigel, he's a little bit old-fashioned and courtly, and um, he would have brought some the P.G. Woodhouse logic to things. Yes. Yes, and simplified things. And um, and 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 a lot of people have written tell me, and Nigel in his 70s would have been incredibly useful in the pub. <laughs> oh. Because, I mean, he's one of the few characters that he is as as happy with uh, the Grundies yeah. as he is with the Aldridges. Yeah. Uh, far more happy with the Grundies, I should think. <clears throat> um, well, he's he's very, um, in a way, we were we were having this, this conversation about another, we were talking about Lillian Bellamy the other day, Jennifer's sister. Yes. And saying that Lillian kind of, because... She is new money and completely recognises it. Jennifer desperately tries to pretend to be old money. Absolutely. L- Lillian knows entirely that she is a, a barmaid's daughter, landlady's daughter. Yes. And she, and she is equally happy. In fact, sometimes quite often prefers the company of the Grundies or, you know, whoever, Bert Fry, to, um, to uh, swanning around with, with Jennifer and, and, and sucking up to Mercedes Goodman and all that nonsense. Oh, um, God, yes, of course. And, and I think I Nigel... loved I loved the old um, I mean the scenes. The Nigel was such a romantic, and and he he tried to talk farming with um, Tim, and, and <laughs> but 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 there was so much humour because you know Tim would say, "Oh, hold this a second, Nigel. Oh, right, of course I will." He'd drop yeah. it, wouldn't he? <laughs> Which end, David? Bang! Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And um, I don't know where the comedy comes from in the program. I don't listen to it enough. I'm, I'm sure there is, but um, that there is that you know. Linda Snell. But Linda Snell's always like that. Yes. And Nigel, he somehow made Lower Loxley work and then he went green and things like that. But um, he, 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 he had these brainstorming ideas. He was a bit of a, a professor brainstorm, which um, was a joy to play. Yes. But he did sort of grow in his latter years. He, I mean, thank God he wasn't still roaring around. Uh, t- twiddling his his um, ice cream van and wearing his gorilla suit, he did sort of um, grow up, and he did genuinely start thinking of being a custodian of Lower Loxley and the future and all that. He did sort of. It's a shame that just as he was starting to grow up and turn into a man rather than this sort of boy child. Yes. Um. It then it was all over. <laughs> he and never did, really what, got the chance to be a grown up, did he? Now what did he do wrong? Now what have you heard then? Now, why was Nigel disposed of? <laughs> Why was Nigel disposed yes. of? I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I know it seemed... It, it, the the build-up to something gigantic happening. Yes, what was it billed as? The, um... the, 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 the episode that would shake Ambridge to its core. Shake Ambridge to the core, yeah. yeah. And that really didn't get a very good press, did it? When he was poor old Nigel falling <laughs> off the roof. <laughs> But all it got was thousands and thousands of people going, not Nigel. Not of all Nigel. the people to get rid of, not Nigel. Oh, God, what a, what a, a bad idea, you know. <laughs> um, and um, I don't know. I, I, I can't go there. I mean, I always had a lovely relationship with, you know, Vanessa. Um, 
I can't believe it was her decision. No. But um, it didn't take long for, <laughs> for, I mean, you know, the BBC to be, um, be aware with the, that, that it, it was the wrong thing to do, really. Yeah. You know? Well, you're almost now more famous for not being on, as the person that's not on the show, than you were when you were on the show. Nigel, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's extraordinary, isn't it? It, it, it is extraordinary and um, it doesn't bring him back. No, <laughs> no. If we could, we would, I promise. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's 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 very nice always to uh, be discussed with and mentioned on on um, the social media that Nigel was a popular character in the yeah. art. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really was. And he, at the moment, some of the comments that are made is that it, all the storylines are quite um, depressing. There's a lot of quite unpleasant stuff going on at the minute. And Nigel would have been as rare and refreshing fruit, honestly, if he was if he was on it now. So Well, it's terribly important they find someone else. Yes, because actually, um, we all suffer from real life, don't we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and I, I think anything that... At, at times can make you smile when you're when you're doing the, the supper or, yeah. or um, um, changing the nappies or you know whoever listens to the program I mean um, I used to I used to enjoy yeah the gentle stuff that he did as well as the uh, stupid stuff yeah so what was he like to interview then Luce he was absolutely lovely and, and it was the, it, give us the inside scoop because he ain't listening to his podcast now. It it <laughs> was like it was like talking to somebody, a really old friend that you've missed, and when you talk to them, you forget how much you love them. And as soon as he sort of opened up and he said, "Hello, I can hear you," it was just absolutely. <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, Nigel!" And then when he did the scream <laughs> and everything, it was just lovely. Oh. Yeah, he's just, he was an absolute love. Are you glad you had him all to yourself? <laughs> no. um, well, I mean, it was very nice to talk to him, but I was slightly worried that I was I was Captain Skype because normally you do all the pressy buttons and I was a bit worried about the pressy buttons. And me and Nigel together, mm-hmm. uh, b- between us, we have half a technical brain cell. So it wasn't ideal, but we seem to have got away with it. So hurrah for us. Uh, hmm. Well, I thought it was a triumph. I really did. Uh, it was. I really think that um, you got to the heart of the matters there, and you have a a future role as an investigative, inquisitorial type journal type person for you if you ever want to give up your monologue duties. That, thank you very much. I'll bear that in mind. Smashing. So after that marathon interview, shall we quickly take five? Come back with a touch of Millie. Uh, and her rovings on the west coast of the states, and then do hashtag the Archer's Tweets of the Week. Yeah. Cool. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable, and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's, for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely.
G'day everyone, it's Millie Bell here and I have another trick for you this week. Um, I haven't done a Facebook roundup because mainly what we're reading is that we don't like Rob, no one trusts him. But I do have here with us um, a very good friend of mine who I'm going to get to introduce herself because I still haven't managed to get my tongue around saying her last name. And she has an interesting story to tell, so introduce yourself please. Hello, I am Liz Villalobos, formerly known as Liz Nutley. So Liz, you are not from the UK, never lived in the UK. Never been there. So, uh, would you like to tell us how you got onto our favourite docudrama? I have been podcasting and listening to things on my iPods for a long time. Um, and heard on one of those American podcasts a recommendation to listen to this little gem of a story, which was The Archers. And so I started listening to that. And is it a gem of a story? Oh, it is. Can you remember your first storyline? Around the time I started listening, there were um, there was an issue between Usha and Shula, uh, which led to Shula leaving the church. And at the time, I wasn't quite sure what was going on or why, but it started to make sense. Um, and there was also a, something happening around that time with Matt Crawford and Chalky that sounded very nefarious and then uh, poor little Brenda overheard something and got herself into some trouble because of that. I love how you say Chalky. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Chalky? <laughs> so um, tell me about your favorite storyline that you've heard from Go To Woe. You know, it's hard to say exactly one storyline. I love all of the little, it's the little gems that are stuck in, like Jill and Pip and the honeybees. Mm -hmm. um, anything Linda does, mm -hmm. which can be really grating, or mm -hmm. and then turn out to be quite wonderful. So you're a fan of the uh, Christmas panto? Oh, of course. Good, good, good. <laughs> and how do we feel about um, the single wicket competition? The, the single wicket? I don't have any idea what <laughs> the play looks like, I mean, on the field, but it, it does get very exciting. Yes, it does. And we're always left wondering who is going to win on the day. Aren't we? Oh, that's true. It's, it's <laughs> so tense. Does any of, do any of the storylines resonate as an American... Do any of the characters, do you ever... Because when I listen, I think, oh, gosh, I know people just like her. Or I, yes, yes, that, I know that character type. Do, is it the same for you? I think living in Santa Cruz, a lot of the things that um, sound sort of counterculture, mm -hmm. uh, especially the stuff that Kate gets into, mm -hmm. really do resonate. And she does remind me of specific people. Um, and, but also Lillian in another way, maybe because I used to work in a bar. So I think we're going to segue nicely into my last question for you, which is, um, give us a plot prediction. I don't know whether I can predict anything with respect to this story, but what I'm really anticipating great things from is the developing story with Lillian and Kate together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we saw that this week, didn't we? <laughs> As she was stuck at the spa trying to get away. <laughs> oh, I loved 
bad. Like, I, I, I have to run off. I have an ear candling in five <laughs> minutes. I, I was dying. I love that she had to bribe someone to get her phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we'll watch that plot um, with interest. Actually, I must say, I do love Lillian's relationships with um, many of the characters. And we were talking earlier about how Linda also can really surprise us with her compassion and her understanding. So we will continue to listen with interest. Thank you so much, Liz. I've got another week with you, so I'm going to enjoy it. And we'll be back to Facebook um, roundups next week. So from me, Haru, and from Liz, bye. <laughs> Is that the best in American? You know? <laughs> bye. <laughs> I'm trying to do an American accent. Well, like, you're doing that very well. <laughs> Thank you, Millie. Luz, mm. why don't you hit us with some hashtag the Archers tweets of the last week? Yes. The first one is a bit rude. So if you've got small children, block up their years if you Ooh, don't want yeah. to. Oh, so wait a minute. The, uh, the, 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 what, what are we calling the little dumb the Dumpty Dimfants. Yeah. Yes. Dumpty Dimfants, best tune out now. Yes. Only because you might have to answer some questions that you may not want to answer. Mm. Rachel Herriots. She was congratulating Shambridges on her incredible impression of um, Jill Archer. And she said, you have got Jill's, oh, to a T. I think she does it when her love eggs move unexpectedly. (laughs) 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 And Jane Calverley noticed something I did, but I thought, oh, no, I I can't say anything because you'll just go, oh, you're a pervert. But uh, she said, who says I've bought croissant to their brother in a sexy voice? And she's right, he did. um, Toby said it to Rex. I've bought croissant. Um, Christine Michael, after (laughs) Pip built the cow track. Pip Archer, the Isambard Kingdom Brunel de (laughs) Nojour. Verity Kalchev said, she's talking about Brookfield and um, the, uh, the, you know, because everyone's saying, how many bedrooms definitively has this bloody house got? She said, no one knows. It's like a reverse TARDIS. It used to have room to do B&B and now it can't fit two grannies in. And Hinge Zandal, Tweet of the Week. I just love this. It just made me pee myself laughing because it was a non sequitur. Can anyone tell me where Brian Aldridge gets his trousers? <laughs> <laughs> Underwoods. Yes. No, he'd go up to London once a year and he'd buy enough to buy him. He'd buy, he'd buy like five pairs, very expensive, from one of those shops on Savile Row that the only place, you know, those places that sell bright gold cords. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, don't you? Bright yes. gold t- and jackets with elbow patches. And uh, that's what, but he'd buy five pairs all at once and it would cost about a thousand pounds, but he'd buy them an inch bigger for each year. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my friend Richard used to do and Richard, Richard's my kind of um, uh, my blueprint for Brian Aldridge in my head how old is Richard now? Ri- now Richard is 90 oh he must be the size of a kind of like <laughs> small no, planet once you get to 80 you then start shrinking again I hope <laughs> you're supposed to put on a pound for every year men are, are after a Ooh. certain age but I've never heard of an inch for every year <laughs> Around the waist, I mean. Nowhere at well, I don't know. It's Brian, isn't it? It could be anywhere. <laughs> oh, can I just quickly say, uh, people, before we uh, wrap this show up, that I need recommendations of a new series to watch. Something thought-provoking, intelligent. Uh, doesn't have to be American, uh, but uh, I need 
something to watch because I've ran out of things to watch. I know Have it's you kind watched of something awesome hero? Season. That thing, something or other hero? Oh, what's it called? Oh, yes, David Simon thing. Yes. yes. Show me a hero. Yes. I've started watching that. Um, have you? Yes, I like it. Uh, uh, there's only, is it four or six? There's not that many of them. No, but it's very good. Have you watched all of them? No. Oh, okay. How, how far have you got? Um, into episode two. Oh, okay. Should we tell people what the setup is for this? What no, the premise I don't is? think they care. Um, I think they do. Go on then, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> so it's set in Yonkers, anyway. Yonkers in the late 80s and a federal judge has mandated that the uh, borough council need to build social housing in, in Yonkers, which is this kind of upper working class, lower middle class neighbourhood and social housing means black people. That's what it means. It means African-Americans. And this is the machinations of the council, specifically one council member who becomes uh, mayor on a platform of, uh, uh, of stopping this social housing, even though he knows that he can't. And um, it's basically a whole series of kind of council meetings. And David Simon did The Wire. He did Treme, which um, I absolutely love and adore. Now, I know a lot of people find Treme um, a little bit uh, of a struggle because it really does meander. But um, yeah, so that is Show Me Hero. Uh, and I've got that to watch, but I need something else, though. As I was kind of half saying before, I know it's kind of autumn season. So that means everything's going to start. But if somebody can point me in the right direction, that would be smashing and super. Was that a good summation? Yes. Good. Right, now. End of the show. We want you to go to dumdum.com because things are a kicking off of there. Uh, and uh, we've got forums. We've got stuff you can do. Also, people, there's actually a couple of threads on there which are messages. I think there's like a message to Witherspoon is one of them, one of the uh, forum threads and also to Paul Room. You can actually go message these people direct if you go onto their page on the website because it's kind of clever like that. But if you want to just go onto dumdydum.com to see what people are talking about, you can join the debate where at the moment one of the threads is... Uh, what has upset you this week in Ambridge? Or also the plot prediction thread is also rather lovely too. Uh, if you need another reason to log on to dumdydum.com, you can go there to buy stuff like mugs and t-shirts and the like. Uh, Dog Faunt, CA, got himself some stickers with the Dumpty Dum logo on. CA means California. I like it when I can actually, you know, correct you for a change. <laughs> <laughs> and Tracy Chevin has bought some Dumpty Dum Jimmy Jams. Normally, we would say that you're supposed to send us in a pic but you don't send us a pic if you need jimmy jams but doug i reckon that you've probably got the stickers for some sea going vessel so if you have and you're sticking them all over them yeah, show us a picture and and that'd be cool uh, don't forget you can also go to patreon.com forward slash dumdydum and that's patreon spelt p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com uh where you can support the show for some $2, like our new bestie, Candida Beechin. She did that last week. And guess what Peter Sturk did this week? I reckon he donated. <laughs> you, dear listener, can also donate by going onto our site and hitting that donate button. It's there, it's in blue, and it says donate. And the order of John Archer news, we have found John Eighth. Now, I can't remember. Was that Moinness? Who is John the Eighth? Because I sort of—I <laughs> was the... hoping you knew because I can't oh, remember either. I'm John the Eighth. Search the Twitters. 
you sent us Twitter a message on the Twitters and you said, I'm John the Eighth. And you said you want, and I said, please email in your details so we can put it on the roster. And then you said you couldn't do it. I told you how to do it. You said you've done it. I ain't got it. So could you please, please, please uh, go through the same rigmarole again and send it in because we never received the email. Have you found John the Eighth? No. All right, fine. They'll get the message because John the Eighth obviously goes to the back end of the show. Uh, listen to all of the detritus and uh, we, she will uh, do what she needs to get done. Now, remember, folks, you, to get in contact with us, you need to send us a voice message via SpeakPipe or you can call us at 0203 <laughs> uh, because you had a little cough. It's just Sorry. coming quite sweet. <laughs> or you can find us on the Twitters where we are at dumdydum or you can tweet moi where I'm at Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. Oh, sorry. Uh, or you can tweet me at Lucy V. Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. If you haven't done so already and you find yourself about either walking past a Sainsbury's or going to go into a Sainsbury's or there's a Sainsbury's not a million miles away from you, can you just go and buy some of these costs, please? It, just, just show your support for our wonderful sponsor. Yes. These cloths do what they say on the tin. And I'm mixing up my advertising slogans here. Uh, it's not Ron Seal, it's Sarah Smith. So scratch, I said that. However, they do wipe and clear things up. And I've got some, and I've even tweeted that pictures of me like doing all sorts with them. They're awesome. But the good thing is, the thing I like about them, and I know this They're sounds They're pretty. Silly. No. Is that what you're going to say? No, you can wash oh. them and use them again. So you're not kind of just chucking things because I hate this kind of disposable where you throw everything away all the time. It's mm. not good for the environment. No, it's not. It's not. It shows you how kind of cutting edge these things are is that they're up to date with kind of eco practices, aren't they? Absolutely. Smashing. No, Clive is is very, very into all that. He is. He's a good chap. A signed we, chap. We like good chaps, don't we? We do. Talking about good chaps, mm. Tom Watson's a good chap. Rob Titchener is not. It's two different things, folks. Yeah, and it's three different things because you meant Tim Watson, not Tom Watson, the deputy shadow. Good God. Leader. What? Oh, yes. Sorry. Good God what? No, because I said Tom Watson. Oh, yeah. I meant Tim. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So, but, do you know what? The type of twonks that are hassling Tim Watson mm. on social media because they are unable to distinguish between pretend and real, are not the people that are listening to this. Thank the Lord. I would rather have our listeners in a small number than 80 million listeners and have to include people who think it's okay to bully an actor because of the role that they're playing. The other thing to say about this is that, and we've touched upon this before, in that you listen to, most people listen to The Archers and it's somewhat of a solitary pursuit and it's built into the rhythm um, of your life. We, there are so many apocryphal stories about um, script writers getting weird and wonderful messages mm. uh, from listeners because listeners actually do think this thing is real or take it to be real. And you can understand why sometimes the hierarchy of uh, of the archers are somewhat wary of doing public appearances mm. if this kind of nonsense does go on you know we jokingly call it a docudrama uh, we all know that it's not real 
and it's you know it does give um them somewhat ammunition to say well actually we need to not engage with the public if people are going to behave in such um, a ridiculous way mm. yeah oh it's a strange world we live in isn't it mm. right i think we've done all our questions well we will stage a coup we will take stage over a coup. stage a coup and and, <laughs> and and thank you because you you actually know what you're talking about. It's been at, at times it's a really difficult thing when someone from the press. I didn't speak to the press much. If they don't actually know, know what the program is about, I can't believe they'd send anybody to interview somebody well, a character like like yours without actually knowing what they were who they were talking to. That's insane. You're surprised, yeah. <laughs> oh well, jolly good. Um, so this is going to be in a blog, is it? Uh, it is going to be on a podcast, which yes, will... but you never hear my voice, do you? Yes. Oh, do you? Yes. Oh, right. Is this going to be edited a bit? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Don't worry. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can, to, to make sure that you are you, could you please scream for us, as you did, going off the top of Lower Locks? Uh, are you ready for that? Yes, yes, yes. We're all braced. Hang on. I think I can just reach it. David? I'm all right. Oh, my God. That was spectacular. Golly. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.